It was hot, almost summer, and Davis had a pack of Marlborough rolled into her sleeve of her white T-shirt. Livy slumped beside the glass doors, fidgeting with the buttons on her pink blouse, staring at her worn keds. When I approached, Davis handed Libby two cigarettes and asked her which she wanted to do first, movies or the mall. Count me in, I said. You bring your money? Davis asked, arching a dark eyebrow. I'll pay you next week. I'm short on cash. That's what you said last week. Davis crossed her tan arms over her broad chest. She was a wrestler. She wasn't one to let up on anyone for anything. I nudged Libby under the ribs, hoping she'd loan me the money. Sorry, Libby said, after taking a drag from her cigarette. I only got enough for me. You can't pay, you can't stay, Davis said. I grabbed Libby's cigarette. Consolation prize, I hissed. I blew a puff of smoke into Davis's face. Next time, cheat from yourself. After stalking three blocks, a sleek, candy-red Nova stopped in front of me. Someone rolled down a window and shouted, Adele! The driver was Rhoda Stewart, a dull, unattractive girl whose parents pampered her like she was a princess. Rhoda squinted in the sunlight. I'd be willing to talk to you. I heard you got an A on the last trig test. Yeah, so? I was wondering if you could help me. My mom's on my case. I'll pay you. Fifty an hour, I said, hoping the steep price would deter her. I wanted to be alone. Get in. The passenger's door popped open. I slipped into the cool interior and felt the white leather mould against my back and legs, an odd sort of comfort. Rhoda eyed me. The cigarette has to go, she said. My mom's allergic to smoke and this is her car. She'll kill me. You're kidding. Her name's on the pink slip till after I graduate from college. Rhoda revved the engine, her eyes on the trail of smoke wafting from between my fingertips. I thought about the cash, fifty an hour. It would get me out of debt with Davis and put a pack of cigarettes in my pocket for weeks. I rolled down the window. The red-tipped glow bounced down the street. Rhoda Stewart lived in Montecito Heights in a rambling two-story home with white shutters and a wraparound porch. When I stepped out of the Nova, I sneezed from the fragrance of pine needles and licorice plants. Black crows chattered and swooped from the treetops, and lemon-yellow sunlight flickered through the branches. I felt like I had walked into one of those quaint country pictures hanging in the classier restaurants downtown from a long time ago, of some place you only read about that doesn't exist any more. Our footsteps echoed in the wide marble entry. Sun-drenched walls and cathedral ceilings reminded me of church where there were rules. No drinking, no smoking, no cheating, no lying. Things that had never been asked of me. Rhoda's room was as spacious and quiet as the rest of the house, an oak dressing table with a makeup set and hot rollers leaned against the wall. Shuttered doors opened for a walk-in closet, with racks of jeans and dress shirts, and a row of shoes lined neatly under them. A poster of Jason Priestley hung on the ceiling above the bed crowded with stuffed animals, and when I closed the door, 
A life-size poster of Cindy Crawford, wet in a yellow swimsuit, stared back at me. I want to be a supermodel, Rhoda explained, but my mom wants me to be a lawyer like her. Rhoda tossed her backpack on the floor and slumped into a giant white beanbag. I didn't carry any books. On Fridays, I always left them in my locker to collect dust, hoping to catch some fun to make up for the rest of the week. I sat on the floor and crossed my legs. It was so quiet I could hear my thoughts bounce around in my head. So, what are you having problems with? I asked. Slopes. I can't figure out which axis is which. I mean, in theory I do, but my mind goes blank under pressure. That's easy. X lays down, Y stands up. How do you remember it, though?